Hi everyone and welcome back to the Diamond Chronicles, true tales of trade, trust, and betrayal. Morning, Colin. Good morning, Judy. It's nice to see you again. It's always good to see you. I am Colin Ferguson, the global Colin David Ferguson is what I generally go by. The It's a David and Goliath thing, just so you know, because with what we're doing, we're taking on a few giants here in the diamond industry, yeah. that's for sure, if you've seen <laughs> any of our TikToks. So, so anyway, um, it's nice to see you again. It's nice to be here. We've got another beautiful day. I'm glad you didn't wear winter clothes when the weather's been unbelievable here <laughs> yeah, it's on been, the West Coast. It's been gorgeous out. Every day, sunshine. Every day, it's around 23 degrees uh Celsius, and for you Americans who tune in, and we appreciate you being here, that's just shy of 74 degrees Fahrenheit. How good is that, eh? That's because I'm a rollerblader, and I get out there on my rollerblades, and I need to know the temperature, and I post it on my personal Instagram, and uh, yeah, so we're talking today apparently about my favorite subject about you Uh, me that's exactly (laughs) it it's my favorite subject we are on episode 17 and this is a very special episode as for a lot of our viewers i'm sure they would like to know about colin's background in the industry you know how he got into the business or really he says the business got into him it's more the way that that it's really happened it's kind of interesting and then, you know, we'll talk a little bit about who you've dealt with and where I've been. Where he's and, been. You know, it, it's one of the things that have come up since I've started becoming TikTok famous. And <laughs> if you're not following us on TikTok, you have to, because I'm not as cute and charming, I think, on TikTok. I'm pretty well all business when mm-hmm. I talk about these things. But I have a lot of frustration with the diamond industry and the way it's structured and the fact that, you know, we're still using since. The grading system, that's that's really, you know, I don't want to use the word deceptive, but it's deceptive. It's deceptive. It's outdated. Yes, it's certainly outdated by, by any means. Anyway, so, so, but what I've been asking, what people have been asking is what gives me the right to talk about these things. So, <laughs> so as a bit of an agenda for today, why don't I take a couple of minutes and We can talk, you know my background in the industry, but I'll talk a little bit about my background in the industry because, you know, one of the things I'll say to people, first of all, when they go to own a diamond is, look, you got to know who they're dealing with, right? Or who you're dealing with. What's your background? Where do they come from? What Mm -hmm. do they know about what it is that they're doing? And the other thing is, what do they actually do? I've sold to more wholesalers so-called wholesalers and who've never left the city where they are much less a country to acquire diamonds and Mm -hmm. so uh, we'll talk about background and then I know you're curious about some of the people I've met royalty really Mm -hmm. whether it's rock and roll royalty or and and worked with or or the royal family we can talk about that so let's start with how you actually first started in the industry You know, this is now, if I don't get it exactly right, I will. I talk about this all the time. But this is 40 years ago next year. So this is four decades ago that I started in the diamond industry. And it's interesting because so much of my 
my business life has been my favorite word. What's my favorite word? Serendipity. Serendipity. That's exactly it. And so, so Antwerp, Belgium, to give you an example, was a very big part of my career. We had an office there for 15 years, but you don't know this. Mm -hmm. The first time I ever visited Antwerp, Belgium, was when I was working as a deckhand on oil tankers. Ah, I do know this actually. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh. You talk about yourself all over a lot. The world. <laughs> do I talk about myself a lot? Is that true? Well, I. The second favorite subject, apart from serendipity, is himself. <laughs> You think that's funny? <laughs> I thought it was like, funny. <laughs> um, so you've already had experiences in Antwerp, Belgium. Well, before. I've been there on an oil tanker, and who could have imagined? I, I was back. 18 years old, working, going all over the world on oil tankers, if you can imagine, wow. before university. Wow. And who would have imagined I'd already been in the actual area mm -hmm. as a teenager that I'd returned to as an adult? So That's incredible. But, and then there's, of course, well, there's others, but, but my background in the industry started 40 years ago, and it's interesting because it was serendipitous. I went to a party here in Vancouver where I met a very young man by the name of Doug Spence, and mm -hmm. little did I know that Doug Spence was the Doug Spence who started Spence Diamonds here, but I met Doug at a party, and Doug, brilliant entrepreneur, said, you know, Colin, you've got to come and, and interview at my company and meet my dad and all this sort of thing. And, you know, it's interesting because as, as you know, we grow on social media, people walk up to us. We had the incident where someone was actually listening walking to towards us, listening to our podcast. Holding her phone out like this. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And so serendipity, right? And so Doug Spence, I met at a party and we had a great time at the party and got to know each other a little bit. And then I had to go interview with his dad. And so I set up this interview to go meet with them. And um, I walked into the interview. And interestingly enough, there was this, I don't know, he probably was 60 years old, right? He was a little bit gray. He wasn't a silver fox. Not like, like me. you. Okay. We, whoever the TikToker is who calls me the, the silver fox, I'm grateful. I'm not because I hear about this every damn day. <laughs> anyway, he, um, I went into this interview and I'm sitting across the desk from this old man. And I'd seen him on TV, mm -hmm. right? Because he ran his own ads in those days on, on television. And so... It, but as I was talking, it started to unravel a little bit. And this is one of those stories in the diamond industry where we talk about taking people backstage mm -hmm. and, and really introducing them. And this was my first story ever when the Diamond Chronicles was not a podcast, but was a, an was essay that I wrote, wow. right? And uh, was Doug Spence, the 27-year-old Doug Spence, was the... 60-year-old Doug Spence. Interviewing you. Interviewing me in theatrical makeup. And this is what he did because he wanted to have his private personal life and still be able to go out and have fun as a young man. And who would buy diamonds like that company from a 27-year-old right. kid? Right. His dad had actually started the company, so mm -hmm. it made sense. But but Spence Diamonds and, and you know Doug Spence were how I started in the industry and they I met Doug and he had to have me come interview and he they offered me so much money at the time I couldn't say no I was a young man I was 
I guess 22 or 23 years old. And so, so I started in sales and I moved into management and this is my retail experience. And one of the things we always talk about, there's no one in the world who has my experience all the way from the mine, through the supply chain, through the cutting, through the manufacturing, all the way to the, the retail side. And, you know, I started in sales, opened their stores all across the country. And you know, in hindsight, never really learned anything about the diamond business from them because really they're just a retailer and mm -hmm. that's not where the business really takes place. My real opportunity was with a company in those days out of Antwerp, Antwerp Belgium. Belgium. I left Spence Diamonds and again, this, this absolute mensch of a man, which is a Yiddish word and a very high compliment, named Edward Greisberg, approach me. I get this call from Europe and he says, hello Colin, this is Edward Greisberg. <laughs> now, now Edward Greisberg was a former site dealer for De Beers. The, the Greisberg family had been and has been in the diamond industry for generations. He's a very important figure this man was. In, in my life, I would yeah. say, I mean, I've been blessed, you know, entrepreneurially. Doug Spence, an amazing entrepreneur. Uh, but Edward Greisberg was a former site dealers for the legendary, I always refer to them as the legendary, iconic De Beers Diamond Company. And his position was at the very top of the industry. He was a site dealer, which is, you know, you hear these stories about the, the boxes of diamonds with a hundred million U.S. dollars in them. And he would sell those to the cutters and the large diamond families and the large diamond companies all over the world. Uncle Eddie always thought that diamonds should remain in the rough. Mm -hmm. This is how passionate he was. Yeah, wow. He thought they should never be cut, that they were most beautiful as stones. But Uncle Eddie took me under his wings, or under his wing, I guess is the phrase, and, and taught me the diamond business hands-on. And my role with that company, what I became, was their North American distribution manager. Where, you know, I'm 23 or 24 years old. Or I guess I was a little bit older at that point, 25, 26. And my job was to take a briefcase full of diamonds, um, hop on a plane, mm -hmm. fly out to the east coast of North America, and drive back across North America in a rent car, selling diamonds to all the wholesalers and all the retailers and all the manufacturers. And this is where I really learned the diamond industry. Well, two things our, our listeners should, should care about. And that's, number one, what real quality is okay. when it comes to owning a diamond mm -hmm. or, or a piece of diamond jewelry, for that matter. Mm -hmm. And number two, what we could broker them for compared to what they'd sell or through jewelry stores or retailers. They're now online companies. And by the way, with the online companies, don't forget, they're retailers. Okay? People seem to get some idea that they're, somehow their pricing is like us, a broker direct. It's not. It's not. And you've been through every side of the industry from every the retail level the to the mines. To, you, know, you know, when I was doing that job, um, you know, I was a young man, but, but we had to do things like... Um, um, I mean, I would have $20 million worth of diamonds in a briefcase. And so you had to do certain things. Like, for example, you're a target, mm -hmm. right? You're driving. And so I had to do things like every couple of days, I would have to change 
the rent-a-car I was driving. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. I would have to stay in... And and just so people couldn't follow you around and set you up. And Mm -hmm. this was a big problem, especially in cities like Los Angeles. And you know what's interesting? The threat were the jewelers themselves who could call their friends. And you don't know who you're dealing with in the diamond industry. Who could call their friends and say, you know, this guy's got a briefcase full of diamonds. Because that's how they were sold in those days. Mm -hmm. You know, it's evolved now, but this is 40 years ago. There were no cell phones you're working with pagers yeah right like like and and so it was a diff, very different world mm-hmm. but that's where i learned the business for sure that's so fascinating yeah i used to meet a lot of girls that day i mean you were a diamond dealer not when i was traveling okay but but you know when i was traveling what we used to do because we would have to stay in hotels that had safe deposit boxes right. and what i would tell them is i was a software specialist oh. and we had to put the software in the safe at you night. must have had an alias as well as i traveled with aliases yeah. that's exactly right mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing you see in movies but yeah. it's kind of real life a lot of my life's like that well, like colin's been offered two reality shows yeah one where they came up out of new york and we may release this soon actually and followed me around for two weeks and uh yeah it was uh a few different offers. I ultimately decided not to do it at the time mm-hmm. for security's sake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we should post that for our listeners. Yeah. If you guys don't follow us on Instagram, we're at the Global Diamond Broker. Lots of behind the scenes stuff that you'll really enjoy. Exactly. Exactly. But but let me <laughs> let me just finish my let me finish a little bit more about my background in the industry. Because I want to talk about Diamonds Direct and what happened when, when Grice Barrett and Sons closed. And then we can talk about me meeting the royalty of the music world and, and royalty itself. How's that sound? You're excited to talk about this. It's because you're young and beautiful. This stuff appeals to you, right? <laughs> um, you know, Grice Barton's sons, Uncle Eddie ended up getting ill. Mm-hmm. It's not something I like to talk about either, but it's the yeah. reality. And ultimately passed away, and they they closed down their North American, um, their North American business, and and ultimately sold the company to a bigger company to a to be our site holder. And and so where did the, that leave you? Sorry, go ahead. So it, where it left me was making choices, and I wasn't really sure what to do at the time, and. You know, I this experience in the industry. Exactly. And And so what I did was I opened a safe deposit box and I started a very small company. And what I used to do is get my little car and drive around to jewelry stores with a pager and sell them diamonds. Right. And the company started to grow. And then there was a significant point in the industry or for me, for the company, where a friend of mine who I was on the Heavenly Bodies aerobics demo team with, (laughs) named Cheryl, who was getting engaged. And I said to her, I said, Cheryl, like, don't go pay retail. Come see me and I'll get you either a better quality or bigger diamond at a better price. And, you know, in those days, and you can Google this commercial, because I did to make sure it's still out there, there was a Prell commercial where they told two friends and they told two friends and so on. And so without any advertising, no budget, without seeing people we don't know, mm-hmm. much like we are today. We have no advertising budget. Um, we started at, to grow, and uh, 
ultimately uh, became one of the fastest growing diamond companies in the country, all based on the, the product, the beauty, which, you know, you hear me talk about this all the time. The only return on these things, look, when you go into a, uh, when, when you finish getting your diamond, you're not going to remember qualities or VS or, what you know, all those things. But for the rest of your lives together with an engagement ring, if, if your fiancé can stick her finger out and have the brightest, whitest diamond in the room, that's every day. The guy has gotten value for whatever money he chooses to spend. Mm -hmm. And she's as happy as can be because she has the prettiest diamond. That's and right. this isn't that hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's just the industry doesn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. We do mm -hmm. every time. There's parts of the industry, like my favorite jeweler, Harry Winston, that you can be darn sure that the diamonds you get from Harry are the most beautiful. Right, because they mainly pricey. they are pricey, for <laughs> I mean, sure. that's, you know, what we've done, I guess, a little bit is democratize mm -hmm. luxury in the industry. That's right. So, so where was I again? Um, There's so much about me I can talk <laughs> about. I just, I, I don't want, so yes. we did. Did you end up selling we diamonds, We did, Stuart? we did, um, Spence Diamonds. Now, yeah, good eyes spare. Now it's screen. Diamonds Direct. So I'm driving around with my pager. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the company grew. Friends, and and friends. Yeah, the yeah, it's amazing. And then, yes, I ended up selling the company or the rights to the company. And, and this is only a few years ago. And it's interesting because the company still operates, I hate to say it, <laughs> as a retailer. Out of the U.S., they acquired the name from me and the rights, and they changed it as companies do. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, so that was an exciting time. And then I bounced around and tried internet sales, and it's really just retail. I hated that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so fast forward, and I'm sitting around, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And I've always played with very unique diamonds. Certainly, you know, part of my career is the fact that I was one of the first people selected in the world by the Argyle Pink Diamond Mine to be one of their authorized partners, which, which really in the diamond industry, you guys, is kind of the top can go you know i did a post yesterday on a stone that i i acquired there in 2008 uh about the saturation and the rarity and that we give our clients direct access there's no middlemen in our business i say the shortest distance between you and a diamond is us <laughs> right you haven't heard that one yet right mm -hmm. i was thinking was about good. that was yesterday good. that was pretty good right um and so so yeah, at the end of the day, we've done that. And then, you know, uh, you want to talk about uh, celebrity stuff. I'm a little bit reluctant only because I don't really talk about this a whole lot mm -hmm. is the philanthropy is really what got us into that. We've been sitting here. We, we, we stopped the tape to talk about the fact. Look, it's hard for me to talk about things like dinners with people like Elton John and Elton I mean, he's John. He's just being shy. Okay. And, I mean, and you've been I in the industry really, for 40 years. I know I don't you've like done. To, to, to talk about the philanthropy. Okay, well, so we're going to talk about she it. She wants to talk about it. And I'm like, well, you have to ask me this way. And so, <laughs> so yes, I've received two medals. Two I've medals. received the Duke of Kent medal. Right. Which is... Um, what is that? What, what does that well, entail? Well, the Duke of Kent, isn't he like fourth in line to the throne now? Like, this is a serious dude. And the medal is for 
the charity work that I've done. We've we've been fortunate. The company's been fortunate, and I think our our listeners should know this: is that mm-hmm. you know we do a lot with philanthropy our organizations like Breast Cancer Society, right, the yeah. Elton John Foundation, mm-hmm. from from boys and girls clubs to UNICEF to all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so the Duke flew in to meet me, and we had a wonderful weekend together. This is my, you know, with the Queen passing, I actually did a post about this. Um, But the Duke flew in, and we spent the weekend together in Whistler. And fortunately, not a bad place to spend. It was fun. We went to the Fairmont Whistler, which Mm -hmm. is a an incredible property. You know, British Columbia is such a beautiful part of the world. And yeah, we had we drank the most expensive wines, and like royalty does, right? And yeah. so, so it was really entertaining and really fun. And yes, I received the Duke of Kent medal. We're gonna have to post this, I guess. And then, uh, and then I also received the St. John Ambulance Donut. That's and right. these are medals where, although I I'm not comfortable doing this either, but when I go out to black tie events and stuff, I'm one of those guys that's supposed to wear the medal. Right, you know, you see them at parties, yeah. and they that, but that's unfortunately mm-hmm. not me. I don't do yeah, philanthropy. I think I ran into one of those trinkets while I was going through all your stuff Did you? here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. really. Anyway, it's it's wonderful. It's great. We're happy that we are in a position to help mm-hmm. other people. That's amazing. But yeah, I've met a lot. Like you know, I've been invited to things like the um, Elton John's Private Academy Awards party where. People like Kim Kardashian. I'll talk about Kim Kardashian. Oh my gosh. Like literally sitting beside me at a table where I'm at a table with Kim Kardashian, another great Canadian. See how I said another great Canadian? That includes me. Oh. Oh, Jim Carrey. Jim was Carrey? that my an interesting guy? And this a couple of years ago. And uh, there was uh, more royalty of rock and roll at my table was Stephen Liv Tyler. Wow. Yeah, just crazy. And and lots of opportunities like this to, to meet and speak and spend time with these mm-hmm. with so these cool. people. And some of them have become clients. Mm-hmm. And they know who they are. I don't really talk about who our clients are, although Elton John did quite <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so 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 yeah, uh, philanthropy is important to us and to mm-hmm. me, and yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting. I'm not going to tell my Kim Kardashian story. You don't need to worry, okay? But I'll say this about so Kim worried. Kardashian: of you know, you see her in the news all the time and in the media. This woman in person is so much more beautiful. Once you meet her and speak with her, her personality is so amazing. I hear she's actually very well-spoken. Oh, she's not just articulate, but she's so loving is kind Mm -hmm. of the word. She's so lovely. (laughs) Where the hell did bugs come from? What kind of studio is this? (laughs) Tell me about it. Anyway, so so yeah, that's kind of my background in the diamond industry, I think. I don't think we've left any stone unturned. Uh. I got a few good ones going today, eh? (laughs) You know, the Argyle Pink Diamond Mine. I mean, direct distributor. Open the Spence Diamonds. No one in the industry has has had more experience in all parts of the industry than me from the you know the rocks from the mine all the way to mm-hmm. how to manufacture a ring and this is a big one for me as well is you know it's not just about the the diamond i mean it's the diamond's what you pay for 
you know, you can have $600 setting of gold or platinum Yeah, we talk today. about that a lot, yeah. Can you not hit your mic, please? Okay, did it turn off? Are no. we okay? You just want to no. be me. I just want to Yeah, okay, so, so... But it's also in the setting, right? It's You're not paying the, more than a few hundred dollars. But the quality, you don't need to get it from Harry Winston. Yeah. It's available. In fact, we're launching Rare Rock... And we'll talk more about this mm -hmm. early next year mm -hmm. that I, I believe will democratize the uh, diamond jewelry industry. It's so Look, exciting. I've said forever, the most beautiful in the world at prices that defy comparison. It's what we do. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting stuff. And yeah, I think that uh, was a great episode. Lots of our viewers can now understand who they're dealing with. Yeah. And more ways than one, I guess. Yeah. Like, don't text me BS. Okay. Don't post bs on like we've had jewelers now come on from calling it so far england <laughs> and they have no clue what they're talking about trying to sell their product mm -hmm. and i have to spank them right because if you don't who will though you know, someone said the other day knowledge is power they right. said thank you a lot i get a lot of thank yous he for does sharing get a lot of thank yous. the facts of the industry because the industry doesn't want you to know the facts mm -hmm. they yeah. want your money mm -hmm. the fact that these big you know so-called luxury companies are selling eye colored diamonds it's indecent get it i indecent yeah, I, I got it okay, i got it so. thank you so anyway that's my background in the diamond industry that's a little bit all over the world you know, Judy, you know, one of the things that people don't realize is just how global we are. We have been all over the world. We've had offices in Beijing to Antwerp. And, you know, Antwerp, Belgium, when we released the, um, the footage of the reality show, it'll talk about this, but Antwerp, Belgium, and we had our office there for 15 years, and, and we're buying directly from the Bourse, Right, they the we'll have to do an episode on the Bourse. I mean, it was the center of the diamond universe for over 450 years, mm -hmm. right? Now, all that's changed, technology's changed the game, and you need to know how much you know. Price isn't a mystery anymore, no. although the industry wants you to believe it is. Anyway, there we go. Awesome, thank you so much for sharing, Colin. Did I do a better job? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Judy. You're so welcome. I appreciate your help. Appreciate you. God bless, guys. Talk soon. Bye.